everything lost will be renewed Long ago in the garden it was to be Now a dream fulfilled in you and me Hey, 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 it's that time again Welcome back, it's so good to be with you again Man, I've been dealing with so many different things in my mind and and trying to figure out what to actually talk about. But so I've got I don't know how many different things that I'll share today. But before I get started, I just wanted to ask you, please take the time to like and subscribe to this podcast. Share it. Share it with your friends and family by text message and um, social media. Uh, This is a ministry effort, and I believe that the things I'm sharing God intends them to be used to equip and and encourage Christians in their walk. But I need help. I need help by anybody who can and will to especially just like and subscribe because it allows you to be notified. It allows you to receive um, new episodes as they come out. But also, if you can share the word, if you can share it with people, um, that's the way the word gets out. That's the way the ministry actually impacts people. This is not going to be something that makes millions of dollars, or but it is something that I believe can touch people's lives. So take the time, like, and subscribe, and share it, if you would, with your friends and family. And I, I know that, that it will be a blessing to many people through that. All right. The subject I have for you today to think on is the idea that exists in the church that young people are to be good. But I want to expand that way of thinking. And so, you know, you, you hear different things and, and being a good person is important. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to expand this. I'm not trying to counter and say, well, it's wrong that we, that, that, that people are supposed to be good. Yes. You know, if you were raised in a Christian family, you were probably told a lot of different things. Um, you went to church, you heard many different things about what it means to be a good person. You may have just imagined different things that, are good and just especially if you really were taught in it with good ethics and um, with good work ethic with different things your parents exemplified or um, people at church exemplified then you you probably know exactly what I'm talking about that there's this expectation of being a good person and not getting into trouble not doing things that are wrong and not being being involved with the wrong crowds all the different things. And like I said, I'm not trying to act like that God doesn't want us to be involved in those things or to avoid being in things and that we're not supposed to be good people, good children, behave well, all those things. I I have definitely sought to impart that and teach the the good ethics and the morality and, and all the good things to be involved in that don't harm us, that don't destroy our life to my own children. And my parents definitely did that in my life. But there is a, a, an aspect that is deeper that is often missed. And I know that parents who care about their kids, they want to encourage, they want to teach their kids to be good, but they miss the mark often on when it comes to teaching how to be godly. There's a difference between being good and being godly. There are many people who have learned to be good in their behavior because they know that it helps them in their life. Being stupid or unwise, making bad decisions, many people have learned to be successful, but they are not godly. And often in the church, many kids 
are raised and they become good people. They um, will grow up and go to college or um, some uh, some other kind of thing, become successful business people. Um, they will be good people. They end up having oftentimes good families, but they don't understand and have that deep relationship with God that really transfers into godliness. Because godliness is not just simply being good. Godliness has to do with understanding the heart of God, why he does things, what is the purpose behind it, what is the deeper thing, what what causes more to happen rather than just simply not having evil or calamity, bad choices um, affect us and, and destroy things in our life. Being godly is so much deeper than that. And so often w- parents will implement many rules. There will be curfews, there will be um, all different kinds of, of rules for their kids to keep them out of harm's way, to make sure that they are in a safe environment. And that's that's all good and well, but the, all those rules need to have a understanding. They need to be implemented with the understanding of God's freedom and that the rules can actually get in the way of God's spirit at work in the hearts of young people. One of the ways that that can, can happen is I know when I was younger, there were many people who who didn't understand that God was calling young teenagers and young adults to really encounter him, to encounter him in a way that was unique and independent of their parents, independent of their family, independent of their church, independent of all different things because God wanted to capture their heart. God wanted to encounter them. And this doesn't mean that we don't um, be involved in our kids' family, kids' lives, or or that type of thing. I actually believe that this makes us more involved because uh, just just to go into it, parents often are trying to give their kids experiences. Let them let them, especially if, as a godly parent, you want your kids to to know God as well. And so you're constantly trying to get them in an environment that that allows the Lord to touch them and so that they can encounter and give their life to the Lord. That's good, but it's also what I've noticed is that a lot of parents are are finding things to involve their kids in because they believe that they are good. It's a good environment. There's opportunity for God to move, um, say, at church or conferences or different things like that. And so they involve their kids in these different things, but they themselves are not in pursuit of that deep intimacy with God. Maybe they've forgotten that, or maybe they ne- they never learned it themselves. That's something that, that parents have to have to understand, that just because you had an encounter with God and, and you had that moment where you gave your life to the Lord, it doesn't mean that you have actually encountered the thing, all the things that God wants for you. So that's that's a side message uh, from an from a, a older perspective and and being parents. Yes, be hungry for God yourself. If you want your children to receive God, then you need to be in pursuit of God, and so that your example and also the Spirit of God in your life and the things that you are encountering will be something that they are part of. So I'm not encouraging being separated away from your, of your kids, and be, but I am saying that God wants to move on them independent, independent of you. He will speak to them himself. Now, the many things that you, that God puts on your heart as you pursue God, 
plays a big role. It absolutely does. But the rules that we implement can often get in the way. So we have to have wisdom and understanding to know when our rules of just basic practices um, like uh, curfew, bedtime, um, all these different things, they need to have the flexibility of when the Spirit of God is moving, that we operate and we use the wisdom of God to be involved in things that maybe are going to cause us to um, not necessarily have the same um, flow in our days and our, our schedules may be disrupted. I've, I've said that many times. God wants to come mess us up. I invite God to mess up my plans. I don't want God to, to be just invited into my plans. I want him to come mess up my plans so that I can have new plans <laughs> made by him and I can go by follow step by step after his heart. Now, a good kid versus a godly kid Good people, you know, have have different things that we, we can describe so many different attributes of a good person. A good person is going to like, a, you know, a, is going to love their family. A good person is going to um, they're going to be responsible and respectful. And, and those are all good things that will be in your children. They will be in you as a young person. They will be in you. If you pursue God, you, there is no excuse for being a lousy person, being someone who doesn't hold down a job, being someone who doesn't um, uh, love people and isn't kind and isn't generous. Um, all those things are characteristics and attributes that will develop in you as a young person, as, a, as an adult, as you go through your life. It is not okay to be to be a person without accountability where you live your life and then, and you just say, well, I love God, but I'm not really pursuing him. All those things come into play. But so those characteristics will be developed in you. Now, a good young person. Now I'm just going to go through some different ideas of, of what it looks like. A good young person wants to do well in school. But a godly young person wants to be anointed by God and impact the students and faculty around them. See, see what I'm saying? See, see this, is, this is just, I'm just going to go through a number of different things that give us an idea so that you can be in prayer for yourself as, as, a, as a person growing in the Lord, doesn't matter what age you are, but, but especially as you're coming of age, as a young person, get these ideas into your head. And as a parent, recognize that there's a difference. The things that God is wanting you to do as a parent, actually, I'll just quote the scripture. It says, to raise up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That scripture has been used for many different things, but one of the things that I've learned from, from that, the different ways that people teach that, um, some of it's good, some of it's right, but one of the things that is usually not noticed is the word way there. That word way there has been presumed to mean in God, um, in the way. You know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So we're supposed to raise our children in the, in the way. And that's not wrong, but it's not complete either. The way there means bent or, or natural inclination. God created each person with a, an ability and, and a strength and a call in their life and it is the job of parents to know their children, to understand their children on a spiritual level. 
and so that they can find the way that that kid is supposed to live, the way that they're supposed to go, the strengths, the, the abilities in them, and put them in a place to succeed. And in so doing, you begin to understand and see as your kid grows that a list of strict rules around them may not be helping, it may be hindering. So you find out, okay, well, I'm going to push them and and help them find their strength and what God is calling them and how God is moving in their life because that is, knowing God is the the way that they should be. It absolutely is. And so we, we understand that. So knowing that natural bent or inclination that God has put into is important. That is your job. Pray, seek God to know your kids from that perspective. And so like I said, a good person wants to do well in school. A godly person wants to be anointed, to be able to impact the lives, the people that they're going to encounter. It goes beyond just simply doing well or being there, being present and accomplishing the task at hand. There is more to life. So a good young person wants to be responsible with money and hold a job. But a godly young person wants to know and find where God wants them to be and how to use their time and their finances to build the kingdom of God. See, when we are just being responsible, we're taking care of our needs. We're taking care of maybe our immediate family's needs, but but we're, we understand when we are godly that God has much more to it. We're not just supposed to hold down a job because it pays well. Maybe God wants you to have a job right now that allows you to have more time with your family or more time to pursue him, more time to to develop anointing in your life because because you have maybe having a lot of money is not the important thing at this point. And I'm like I said, I'm not saying God doesn't want you to work, doesn't doesn't want you to be successful, doesn't want you to be able to support your family and those types of things. Absolutely he does. But I'll share a testimony. My dad, he moved to Tennessee in the in the nineteen seventies. And East Tennessee was not had a very, very slow economy during that time. There was not very much work to be had. And so he was a young man who met his wife here. They got married and he was working a job that didn't have a whole lot of, especially in the wintertime, had, had very little stuff. He was working construction with um, some neighbors that had a business. And so they hired him and he was working and he wasn't making a whole lot of money, but he was getting by. But in the winter times, they would slow down. And so when they didn't have work, he he took the opportunity to go to um, the UT library, the University of Tennessee, and go to um, a number of different places to, that had access to books that he didn't have access to. He began to study. He began to to really dig deep into understanding the ways of God. And so because he had time off, he didn't just lay around watching TV. He took the time to go before God to study deeply and find the things of God's heart that God could reveal to him. And the, the depth of study, and not everybody's going to be called to that. He he, he was a, a man that, that God had really called it. They had given him the gifts and the ability to study um, in ways that, that not everybody's going to have the same same depth of 
or desire for, for reading theological books. I, I read some, but I don't read like he did. God calls us to different things. So, that, so, but this is just an example of how it works. He used that time and he didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know what God was calling him to do. He just knew that he was, he was, he was going to pursue God instead of be lazy. And, and so the job that God had him, he could have been pursuing other opportunities. His father-in-law, my, my um, mom's dad, really wanted him to because he was afraid that he, that my dad wasn't going to support his daughter. And so he was pushing him to go find good, higher-paying jobs. But God had him where he needed to be. And the, the foundation and the understanding of dur- during that time allowed God, my dad to be used by God in, in the next 10 years he met some people, began to fellowship with, with some young people who were just graduating from college, and they started a church, and he became a pastor for the next 30-something years um, and used that foundation to be able to minister the Word of God, to be able to, to teach the principles of God. And also, he received many revelations that got him past different things that were shallow, um, different beliefs that were holding him back because of lack of understanding or just just common doctrines that didn't hold the to the the real truth reality of the scriptures and so it caused him to be able to go deeper and have more answers for the the purposes of God and the earth so having a better job is not always the the what God wants we have to actually choose and seek after God I've said this to many people who have have a job and they're supporting their family they're holding this job, and but it kind of becomes a bondage. They are having to work weekends. They're having to work later days and, and nights and evenings, and they're not around their family. What I've always encouraged them is said, hey, instead of quitting your job, don't quit it. Hold that job, but begin to pray. Begin to seek God for what he wants for you. Ask him what he wants. Ask him, say, and, and then also tell him what you want. Hey, I want to have more ability to be with my family. I want to be have an opportunity to, to be involved in my in the body of Christ with other believers on a regular basis. I want to be at church. I want to be able to fellowship. And so my hours need to match up with that. Start praying for that, seeking God for that, and then start looking for that job. God will open doors. He does. It doesn't take very long often either. <laughs> Who knows how long it will take, so I'm not predicting that. But it really does. God works. He does. He develops. He wants you where you are. So don't think that just holding a job and having money is and is the responsible thing that God wants. He wants you to be able to see beyond that. And so a godly person wants to find what God has for them and how to use their finances to build the kingdom of God. A good kid doesn't vape, smoke, drink, chew tobacco, or use drugs. But a godly kid desires the meat of the word of God to become established in the authority of God throughout all of their life. So that, you know, that, that one kind of ties into what I just said a little bit, but get that. We, we think so many times that a, a good Christian kid, you know, in my life, you know, I, I don't want to be involved in these different things, but they, they do actually become very, very tempting. I know a lot of, of kids who, who thought that they wouldn't do that, that got, they got pulled away by the temptations and, 
and ungodly desires. And so they got involved in some things that eventually controlled their lives. And some of my friends even died because of drug use and different things like that. So we know that a good kid doesn't do those things. And when you, but, and that, that, but a godly kid <laughs> desires the true understanding of being close with God, having the word of God to be established in their life. That's what a, the difference between being a good kid, just trying to not do bad is what a good kid does, but a godly kid goes deeper. And that actually allows me to touch on, on something else that's been on my mind with all of this is how avoiding bad does not equate with doing good. And that's something that isn't very simple, obviously, but we, we don't always understand that because God does want us to avoid bad because the, the, the destruction of those things, the temptation of those things absolutely can control and you, don't, you can't predict the outcome of those things. But you ultimately will not succeed at avoiding those bad things, the things that, that, that will tempt you, the things that, that are there by Satan's design and to attack the character and attack your life and cause you to fail in every, every area, just trying to avoid the bad won't do it. You might avoid it sometimes, but you're still going to be drawn into it and tempt and fail. But when you actually implement the desire for the good and you seek God for, for the his word to be established in you so that his authority can operate in you. That's when you actually begin to operate and become a better person to become that good person. And so these are, these work hand in hand and to be successful at being good, you actually to the deeper levels to be more successful and to be consistently successful. You actually have to have the godliness. And so that's why People who are good will, will often struggle when they don't have this deeper level of godliness in their life because it's not enough. It's just not enough. You have to have the godliness to, to be truly successful in that. And I've said that before. If, if our desire is to just raise good godly kids or good kids instead of godly kids, if our desire is just to have good, good kids who, who grow up and have a good family and have good kids... Um, and this repeats over and over again, and that's that's the purpose of a godly family that God has established th- these people in Him. That if that's our vision, then ultimately we're going to fail at that. We're not going to actually be able to raise good people because we're not completely um, satisfied and and strengthened by the power of God in our life. And our kids won't grow up that way either. We're not going to actually succeed in that vision if that's our simple vision. So. To actually accomplish the task of having the, um, our hearts turned towards God as we're growing up, we have to actually go into the godly things. As a parent, our kids have to be understanding. Uh, be, we have to treat, teach our kids to pursue godliness, to, to pursue the intimacy with him, because otherwise we're going to fail at the very basic. To see that happen, to see the strength of a family where kids grow up in the admonition of the Lord, and they grow up and they pursue spouses in the the wisdom of God, and they build a new family in the strength of God, and and raise kids who know the Lord, and this this process goes over and over again. In order for that to happen, we have to have this understanding of what it means to truly be godly, not just simply being good. Now I'm going to get a little bit more to the, to the nitty gritty of it. A good kid doesn't fornicate, but a godly kid 
has a vision of God's purpose in being established in a holy marriage. (laughs) So being good and doing the right thing, you don't get involved and sleep around and do um, all kinds of immoral acts. You're, You're choosing to avoid those. That's what a good person does. A good kid doesn't do that, partly because that just screws your life up. And But trying to do what's right is hard. A lot of kids who, who set out and want to do the right thing end up falling. That goes back to what I just said about how to actually become strong in these things to be good. But a godly kid has a vision, has a purpose, understands that being established in a holy marriage is something that is empowering that it creates an an opportunity and so they're willing to wait they're willing to put those things their 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 urge to be intimate their desire to be loved their desire the enjoyment of being close with another person they're willing to put that on hold and wait and see the purpose of being established in a holy marriage a good kid won't compromise their mind with the filth of pornography. (laughs) They won't do that. But a godly kid sees the intimate encounters that they can have with God. See, it's not about avoiding the bad. It's about seeing what really can be there. The intimacy that we have with God, especially with things like, like sexual immorality and pornography and these things, they destroy us. The Bible says that sexual sins are a sin against our own body. And so when we are doing that, it's destroying us. It's destroying who we are as a person, the character of who we are, but also it's removing that intimacy that you can have with God. You're losing that. And so instead of just avoiding pornography and avoiding those temptations because they can become so great, they can become a, a controlling force in your life so fast. I, 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 and you know, young kids, even below 10 years old, I've encountered dealing with this, but through teenage years and so many adults addicted to this kind of thing, God wants them free. God has given us the ability to be free. And, but one of the ways out when you are addicted and the way to avoid it as well from, is to see the value, the purpose of, of being intimate with God and see that the value of that is so much greater. And so knowing that you're destroying that, you're destroying who you are, and that's Satan's desire. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you. God loves you. God didn't create a bunch of rules and restrictions to make you into uh, a bored, uh, miserable person who's just, uh, to get to heaven, I've got to do all these things. No, he actually knows that you are better off. Your life is so much better. And when you recognize that, you start encountering him because of how good he is and how loving he is. And you recognize that those things destroy you. They remove that intimacy and that closeness that you have with God. And so you start pursuing that freedom and God meets you. He delivers you from those temptations. And you walk it all the way back to purity, to be free. To be completely free from those types of, of, of strongholds in your life. Now, a good kid has good friends who don't get into trouble. They don't go out and do all kinds of things that are bad. But a godly kid sees the needs of others and is able to be a positive impact on the lives of the, quote, bad kids. Now, I know this one gets a little bit more sticky because obviously I don't want my children to be running around and having friendships and relationships with people who are bad influences because their heart is drawn away. 
there's a big difference between somebody who's wanting to hang out with the wrong crowd and do things that are not right and a person who actually wants to include other people into their life. See the difference, the key difference. I've seen parents struggle with this and I've seen um, I, I knew a lot of a lot of my friends who struggled with this. They were like, "Well, why should I avoid being with with um, these people? Jesus actually, you know, he ministered to the the prostitutes. He re, he ministered to the tax collectors and the ungodly people, and that's where he was. Isn't that where we're supposed to be as as believers? We're supposed to be hanging out with them. Yes, but not from the point of that you're going to be with them and do the things with them." You're supposed to reach out to them from a place of, of complete solid foundation on the love of God so that you're reaching out to include them in a better way of life. Does that make sense? And so you can see that. You can clearly see that from as a parent. You can see that in your kids. When, they're, when their heart is drawn to be part of things that, that are ungodly, you need to challenge them and go deep into the spirit of God of what he wants our hearts to be. But I know when, when the spirit of God got a hold of me, as a teenager, I most of my friends were had had come out of drugs, had come out of all different kinds of things because they were experiencing the power of God, and those are the people I wanted to be around. They were hungry for God, not the the goody two shoes kids who had never been involved in anything, and their parents thought they were doing so well, but they really weren't even serving God. But they did all the things that were right. I hung out with the bad crowd, so to, so to speak, and some parents didn't like that. They didn't they didn't want. They, they even talked to my parents, but even and talk, some of my friends' parents even talked to me about, hey, you know, we don't want our kids around this type of thing. And, I, and I, you know, I was saddened. I was grieved by that, that place that people's hearts were just so cold to not that they couldn't even see that the power of God was working in these, in these people who had come and been delivered from strongholds. And they, all they saw as a possible bad influence on their kids when, and most of those kids, sadly, did not grow up. And we're not walking with the Lord. They they fell into some of the worst things. Many of them were became addicted to drugs and um, sexual immorality on a level that was on par or even worse than a lot of the people that I was hanging out with. But even before that, even even when it wasn't people who were who were coming out of that, I often was drawn to. The, the troublemakers, the kids who were getting into trouble, who who were not necessarily the good kids, not because I wanted to be a part of anything that they were doing, but because I saw them as somebody who genuinely needed friendship and needed um, compassion and needed relationship. And so this is when we have that heart, when the spirit of God is working in us, we need to we need to operate that way. Never go, never compromise and go and and do things that are that are tempting us, but invite people to join in in the wholesome life that God gives us. And as parents, we have to recognize that when our kids are hanging out with people and and reaching out to them, we need to cultivate that part of it because that is absolutely one of the most powerful and impactful things in a person's life is to see that someone cares and is is kind and loving but is not participating with the the evil. Okay, so the next one is a good kid comes home before their curfew and is in bed at a reasonable time. But a godly kid is found in the presence of God and worships at the feet of Jesus and is insatiably hungry for more of God and has to deal with a little tiredness at school or work after staying up late 
into the night, late deep into their Bible, studying or gathering with other people who are on fire with God for God. This is something, especially as as you become more of a, of a young adult, you're going to be having opportunities to, especially if you're pursuing this, to be a part of things with other people, and gathering, you know, with with other college students or or you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be at school or that type of thing, but a lot of our lives center around that. And you would gather with these people and you you will find that the intimacy and the closeness that you can develop with them and with God in our hunger for God often requires that you stay up late at night and develop this relationship. I was talking with a friend recently about that, how some of them, there's just something that happens late at night that doesn't happen any other time during the day you you can sit there and have conversations and 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 delve into deeper things in your life that you're pursuing with him but also just the the worship being with other hungry people who are who are desiring to give their life and their time this their evening times instead of going out and having um activities that are just filling their life and I'm not saying all those activities are bad going out and having entertainment I I enjoy those things and I think they can be completely filled with the spirit of God and they should be filled with the spirit of God and that's one thing that this is all about is that it brings that into our life in every area we bring that encounter with God and so the power of God is manifested even when we're going out to watch a movie that's or playing sports playing a football game the power of God can be in you and turn a football game <laughs> at the end of it everybody's tired worn out and you end up having a prayer meeting on the football field covered with mud i've been there done that it's awesome that's what god wants um we have to to recognize that and so sometimes that means that we're not our kids are not going to be home for their curfew we have to recognize that my parents recognized that we weren't even given a curfew when it came because our parents knew that our heart was for the things of God. Now, if, if a kid's heart is not for the things of God, a curfew is a protection. It's a good thing. But that rule has to be removed when a person is seeking after the things of God. And so coming home at 2 o'clock in the morning on a Friday night and Saturday night or even later because we had been in the presence of God. There, I remember down the road about 30 minutes away from us, there was an old bar that a man who had used that bar for many years, he came to the Lord. When he got saved, he bought the bar. He converted that bar into an opportunity to reach people because he left it open. He kept it open. And they didn't sell alcohol. They had worship going on on the weekends. On Friday night, they had a music going on worshiping the Lord, and they would have food. They would offer it for free. And people who didn't know anything about it knew that it had been a bar. And they would just pull up on their motorcycles or in their cars and they would just walk in and they would have fellowship. There'd be all different kinds of things reaching out. God was moving. And we'd come home at two o'clock in the morning after doing that on a Friday night and just, just filled with the presence of God. But if my parents had had a curfew, I'd have had to leave. I'd had to been home by nine, 10 or 11, whatever that, that time was, I would have had to. And what I found out is that those times were often the most powerful moments in my life. And so I respect and I'm so grateful that my parents recognize that. I want to always recognize that for my own children. But as a young person, recognize that always knowing that God is calling you to to go deeper. And like I said, most of the time, you know, God knows you have to sleep. God God's not trying to make you um, miss school or or being incapable of working. That's not what he's after. But there will be times <clears throat> where you have to 
dig a little bit deeper and you have to suffer through a little bit of tiredness because the fire of God is burning in your spirit and it's drawing you close. So the last one that I want to go through is a good kid attends church. <laughs> this is getting a little bit more back to our, you know, get, get us out of our religious mindset. <laughs> a good kid attends church and is part of the youth group goes to Christian concerts, and does their daily devotions. But a godly kid encounters God and is filled with the Holy Spirit of the creator of the universe. Get that, the Holy Spirit of the creator, the very spirit of God is filled us, has filled us. And because of that, they're ruined. <laughs> they're completely destroyed. Nothing else, nothing else. God has made where nothing else holds has, has a hold on our pull on their heart. Everything in life only has meaning through the reality that they have found in God. And when we are in that place, um, going to church, like I said, none of these things I'm not saying are bad things. They're all good things. I love that. I love going to church. I love being part of youth groups. I love ministering at youth groups, um, Christian concerts. I mean, I, some good bands out there, some, some stuff that, you know, I dig deep. I listen to a lot of different unknown th stuff, but I find some good music, really creative and, and anointed music in the power of God. I love that. Doing daily devotion is not a bad thing, but the truth is God wants us to encounter him. He wants us to be filled with the spirit, to be anointed, to be able to see beyond the natural into the spiritual realm, to be able to receive from God, have words to speak that are anointed, that change people's lives, that change our life so that nothing else can have a pull or a sway in our hearts, that God is this, this one thing that we have to have. And I've been using that term a lot lately. God wants us to be ruined. Nothing else tastes good. Nothing else is fun. Nothing else is desirable, but to be hungry for him. And a lot of people think, well, that's weird. You won't be able to do anything. No, man, I do all kinds of stuff. I love being involved in stuff. I love going to hockey games, football games, baseball games, movies, um, I love um, the Marvel Universe. I, I'm, you know, there's a lot of different things. Um, to me, it, God does not want us to be weird and unable to be um, fun and enjoy life. But actually, that's what brings that to life. Because I'm not being destroyed by ungodly desires. I'm being filled with the power of God so that every area of my life is now has peace and joy. Because God wants us to be able to be free. to Not everything is serious. <laughs> A lot of Christians don't recognize that. God wants us to actually enjoy. God actually tells jokes. Maybe that is not serious. Maybe that, that messes with somebody's mind. But God has told me jokes. I don't know how many times I've been praying, seeking after him, and then he'll say something that's just hilarious. And because he he's not something that is unable to be touched with our infirmities. Jesus knows everything about us. He lived that life. He's so real. God is is genuine. He's not some elite thing that can't be under can't be connected with us. That that's yes, he is holy. He is righteous. He is above all, and he calls us up. He does never. He never comes down to weakness and to to um, destruction and selfish desires. He never comes down to that. He calls us up and strengthens us and gives us the ability to become far more and above all of that. Yes, he does that. But but this desire, once we encounter God, 
we will be ruined. And so that's what it means to be godly. A good person just does the right things. But a godly person understands what the intent that God has behind things. He, he sees it and is ruined by the power of God, the beauty of God, the love of God, and so that nothing else can hold a sway or, does, or pull their heart any other direction. And when you live this life, this, this is, doesn't burn out. This doesn't burn out. That hunger and desire continues to grow. And over the years, over the decades, over a lifetime, it becomes more and more real and more and more thorough throughout our life so that our meaning is derived. Everything about the pleasure and the joy of life is derived from this reality of the intimacy with God and the authority of God in our life. Well, that's about it. And I really hope that this has grabbed your heart, has grabbed your attention to understand the difference for yourself in every area of life, no matter what your age is, to pursue God and as a parent, to understand how to enable and bring about um, developing these things in our kids' lives. And as a kid, especially as a teenager, as a young adult, go after God with all that you have. God bless you guys. But we will be the ones to see it through. And everything lost will be renewed. Long ago in the garden it was to be. Now a dream fulfilled in you and me. 